I'm Barry Trammell. I'm Jenny Carlson. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Well, Jacko, in a season of stunning results, Oklahoma State went to Orlando and produced the most stunning of all, a 45-3 loss at Central Florida on Saturday, derailing the dominating fashion the Cowboys' five-game winning streak had produced. We'll talk about UCF stuffing Ollie Gordon and his Heisman Trophy Express, an OSU defense that was torched by the run and the pass, the Bedlam hangover that seemed to envelop the Cowboys, and Mike Gundy's assertion that the Cowboy coaching staff was out-schemed. But first, we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, NextGen Roofing, Two Fellows Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988 Oklahoma's Mental Health Helpline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just doesn't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move, but we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free no-strings quotes for your move, and with more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free, free quote today. All right, Jacko, let's talk Cowboys. Uh, I was in Orlando. You watched from back here in Oklahoma. Uh, just a, a complete domination by UCF. Uh, three minutes into the game, I said, yeah. there's a bedlam hangover. After the game, Mike Gundy said, no, I don't think it was a bedlam hangover. I saw uh, some people at the airport, OSU people, they said there was a bedlam hangover. So let me ask you, was there a bedlam hangover? Sure seemed like it. I mean, that was not the team we saw the week earlier against the uh, Sooners. They were not focused. They were not uh, aggressive in the same ways. Just looked like a, a, frankly, looks a little bit like that team that lost to South Alabama. Couldn't get anything going. Didn't seem to have any rhythm. You know, I don't, that was not the team that won the last five games. And so clearly something changed. And I don't know if it was uh, thinking too much about that win against the Sooners, riding too high, what the situation was, but clearly coming off a big game in which they played really well, pretty much from start to finish, pretty much all facets of the game. That did not look like the same team. I don't know what else you can chalk it up to, but that was, that seemed like there was some bedlam hangover to me, Barry. Uh, you know what it, it did to me? I mean, from the start, uh, first play of the game, deep ball completion, UCF goes in, bang, 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 touchdown. Uh, Cowboys respond offensively, then Ollie Gordon fumbles. Uh, Mike Gundy actually asked a good question. He said, did Ollie fumble because of a bedlam hangover? Did uh, Alan Bowman's second possession interception off a guy's helmet, was that bedlam hangover? So sometimes, a bit, you know, abstract things like bedlam hangover can be sort of an easy out, right? Um, but when you look at the whole situation, Central Florida, not a great team this year. I mean, the Knights have shown some promise, but they were 1-5 in the Big 12, 0-5 oh, until beating Cincinnati the week before. And Cowboys have been playing so great. If OSU goes down there and, and loses 27-17 or 30-21 or to 21 and just things don't go right, and they, but – the Cowboys got smashed from the beginning. 
So, you know, I, what, what happens? How does 45 to three occur? I think lots of different things, game planning, scheming, uh, conditions, um, luck, uh, physical, uh, one-on-one matchups. But I also think Bedlam hangover has to be in there. I'm not sure the Cowboys were mentally prepared and it's sort of, sort of, uh, reasonable, right? Yeah. Uh, I think most people in the state of Oklahoma were having a bedlam hangover after that game in Stillwater. So that, that begs the question then, Barry, if there was a mental lapse, if they weren't mentally prepared, who gets blamed for that? I mean, Mike Gundy said after the game that, you know, he didn't think they coached very well. Is the staff to blame for that? Is Gundy to blame for that? Are the players to blame for that? Who, who gets the blame for that? Well, I think that's generally, if you're not ready to play, I think that's on players. Um, I think, um, I don't know that it was anything subversive. I don't know that it was anything overt. I don't think people in orange, I don't think the Cowboys spent the week just screwing around, not paying attention at practice, not studying the game plan, all the things you do. Um, I just, sometimes there's an emotional pull. Uh, We see it in all kinds of sports. We see it in, in sports that where you play more often, uh, several games a week. It's hard to hit that emotional high every week. Uh, even football players have talked about hitting the emotional high week after week after week is not easy. This was the ultimate trap game. You're going to play against an opponent that is not necessarily a big name, is not necessarily having a good year, and you're coming off an epic victory with with milestone and fabulous plays. Um, you can see why it would occur, even if you're fighting like the Dickens to keep it from happening. And, and when you top when you top that with the fact that Gundy said his coaching staff's schemes were not good. Um, they, got, they got outfoxed by Central Florida. Then they lost the 50-50 balls. Maybe that explains, um, maybe that explains a, a situation like uh, 45-3. But here's, here's what I would say. Uh, you draw up a long list of reasons why it's 45-3. I'll sign off on all of them. Uh, everything's got to fall on top of your head to get beat 45 to three. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're right. I think it is a laundry list of blame. And when it comes to Bedlam hangover, you know, what you said is right. That does fall on the players, but it falls on the coaches too. I mean, they have to be aware that maybe these guys are sort of dealing with some, some uh, side effects as you know, a big win like that, you know, it should have some uh, emotional toll or emotional, you know, plus or however it affects you, it's going to affect you. You're human. So these guys are going to, going to be affected. So the coaches have to be aware of that. So I think some of that blame does have to go to Gundy. Some of it does have to go to his staff. Heck, it wasn't that long ago. Gundy was telling us how he's kind of become psychologist. It's his job to watch out for guys' demeanor and how they are and how they're feeling. So if that's the case and they walked in unaware that they were sort of dealing with the emotions of Bedlam, then I think, uh, you know, that you do have to put some blame on him. He said it himself. That's that's his job now is to monitor that stuff. So if it goes unchecked, I think you've got to lay some blame at his feet as well. But obviously that list of problems, Barry, I mean, Ollie Gordon, 26 yards, 26 yards. I mean, where in the heck did that come from? I was completely befuddled. And if UCF has figured out the uh, elixir to cure OSU's run game, I think uh, Gus Malzahn and his staff are going to have spending money because coaches are going to be coming like crazy for that. Yeah, it's very strange, right? UCF's, in in a lot of ways, the worst defense in the Big 12 statistically. 
Uh, people been running on him like crazy. Um, what's, what I was told, though, on Friday, I was on the UCF campus, and one of the, one of the guys said that Gus Malzahn himself was very befuddled by this. He's very mystified because he said he likes his D-line. He said, this is a D-line I could have I put out it when I was at Auburn. It was a, he, he thought it was an SEC caliber defensive line. Now, I'm not saying it's you know, what Georgia and Alabama have been putting out there, but he thought it was a good defensive line, and yet Big 12 offenses had been gashing it. Saturday, there's no gashing. No. They did what the Sooners did. They, they crammed the box. They loaded the box. They said, you got you to throw to beat us. Early on, Alan Bowman did throw. Through well, I think he was seven of seven to start the game. But after that, the passing game just didn't work. Soon enough, the Cowboys were down 17 nothing. Then the rains hit. Uh, you can't throw in much of that. It was conditions um, very rare for, for any of these Cowboys uh, that they've seen. And Alan Bowman talked about how difficult it was to pass. Uh, so the game got away from them after that. But even before the rain, Cowboys couldn't really run the ball, and the uh, the passing game didn't alleviate the pressure. So I don't know. Um, it was almost like, you know, the, the Cowboys bloomed six weeks ago, and then all of a sudden they just withered uh, down in Orlando. So uh, Ollie Gordon, um, you know, looked like uh, uh, an All-American, Heisman candidate, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, and then down in Orlando, all that just just didn't materialize. So uh, Mike Gundy, Casey Dunn, Tim Rattay, Charlie Dickey, those guys have got to figure out what went wrong, why this happened, how do you keep it from happening again? Because clearly for six weeks, uh, Oklahoma State had put uh, – Ollie Gordon had put the OSU offense on his shoulders and transformed this offense with big plays. Uh, think of those home run balls he ran in, at West Virginia um, – Sooners kept him from that, but he still gashed Oklahoma for 12, 15, 20-yard gains in key moments. None of that was apparent in Orlando. Cowboys have got to get back to, uh, to Ollie Gordon producing big yardage. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I you hate to use the perfect storm analogy and a driving rain, um, which, you know, Florida is known for its afternoon rainstorms, but, Barry, that looked uh, like other – other level, even for a Florida rainstorm, it rained hard. It rained for a very long time. So OSU found itself in bad conditions for extended period, needing to throw the ball really to get back in that game. And when the passing game went south and Ollie Gordon, obviously nowhere to go, no, no holes to hit. Um, it just kind of snowballed, but pretty clearly um, the opponents coming up for OSU, you would think or tend to get Ollie Gordon getting back on track, Alan Bowman getting back on track, offensive line getting back on track with Houston and BYU left for the Cowboys. But we thought that that was going to be an easy running game against UCF. I mean, worst in the Big 12 run defense. That's what UCF came into the game as. Ollie Gordon getting 26 yards. I figured he might have that in the first drive, if not more, you know, the way that uh, the numbers stacked up. So they got to get that back on track. Um, you know, I'm sure that as the game went on, it was a little bit situational with the rain and all of that. But, um, you know, there was just a lot that did not go well for that offense. I feel like we could belabor the point, but you want to talk about defense instead? <laughs> well, we can. And speaking of uh, helping someone's postseason 
campaigning for awards, uh, John Reese Plumley uh, looked like a star for the for the uh, Central Floridians. Yeah. Of course, he'd been injured in September. We thought he was a good quarterback. We knew he was a good quarterback, but he was just spectacular against OSU. Uh, key runs, key scrambles, uh, hard to stop uh, when they, when uh, UCF needed a uh, a uh, a first down, and then the deep ball. Uh, yeah. Plumley just torched that Looks Oklahoma great. State secondary. Very similar to what we saw back when things were rotten for OSU, right? Yeah. Um, uh, defensively, remember who was it? Kansas and uh, K State, or I can't remember. But they had consecutive games where I think seven yeah. touchdown passes of at least thirty yards. Yeah, and all of a sudden, back in the business of big time deep balls for Central Florida. Uh, just not a good day from the start. And then the running defense collapsed. Um, massive, massive uh, gashes for, for UCF. And, you know, just got away. And Central Florida uh, just sort of was in name it score mode. Yeah, it really was. And it, it was shocking to see. I mean, that game was really non-competitive for most of uh, three quarters. I mean, I felt like once it got into the second quarter, we sort of knew how things were headed. Um, OSU wasn't showing many signs of changing both offense and defense. They were, you know, getting beat on both sides. So I, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of study that has to come out of that game. What did UCF do? What did OSU not do? How do you fix it? Because there are still goals out there for OSU, Barry. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about big 12 title game here in a second and whether Cowboys can still get to Arlington, but they don't get there unless they win. And, you know, obviously coming out of Bedlam, you look at these final three games and you think the new Big 12 members, they haven't had success against the legacy members. These look like three very winnable games for OSU. Now, after what we saw last week, I still think the Cowboys are the better team at Houston. I still think they're the better team against BYU. But now the questions go back to, you know, is this, is this team reverting to what we saw early in the season? Or can they make a quick adjustment? Going from, you know, they had that off week before they hit K-State to really, you know, propel themselves into this recent winning streak. They don't have that time this time, you know, and they're going to have to make some on-the-fly adjustments, getting back to what was so successful for that winning streak. Um, Clearly, they've still got a young secondary. That secondary is going to be young for the rest of the season. They're not going to be a veteran uh, group right away, but you're going to have to figure some things out to give those guys as much help as possible to rebuild their confidence because obviously their confidence has to be shot at this point after what happened on Saturday. So they're going to need a, a dose of uh, a dose of confidence building, but clearly the reality was not good for those guys. So now the question of recovery, can OSU recover? Yes, but Barry, will they? Well, I mean, I, I, there's certainly every reason to think they can. For one thing, the schedule lightens up. Houston and Brigham Young, uh, what you finish out with. Um, we knew, sort of knew, right, that even though both had had a couple of wins in conference, they really weren't the caliber of team that UCF is. Central Florida was a mystery why they were one in five to start with. Um, so uh, this is this is two teams you ought to be able to beat. Um, to me. Uh, the passing game, you know, Bowman and, and the receivers struggling a little bit. It's to be expected. Cowboys are not deep at receiver. Bowman has his limitations. He was great in Bedlam. He can be effective. But you, you, you knew he's not going to be 
Mason Rudolph every sat every Saturday. And the secondary is just going to get burned from time to time. That's going to happen. But the running game on each side, you got to get Gordon going. You can't let R.J. Harvey go for over 200 yards. You know, it's crazy. We went to everybody went to Orlando thinking, ah, somebody's going to go down there and rush for 200 yards. Somebody did, and it wasn't Ollie Gordon. So you got to fix that running game. But yeah, the schedule is lightening up. Get by Houston, come home to play Brigham Young. Cougars are not good on the road. Um, you know, OSU should be in good shape. So it doesn't take a it t- doesn't take a lot of fixing, but you can't play in Houston the way you did on Orlando, or you'll have serious problems. Now, Big Twelve uh, championship game. The good news is Cowboys still in great shape to get it done. They uh, they've beaten Oklahoma. They've beaten Kansas State. Those are the two teams they are most likely to uh, to be in a tie with. Um, if if OSU wins out at seven and two. It looks like Arlington, here they come. And what a phenomenal season that would be to make it to Arlington in the last year of the 14, or only year of the 14-team Big 12. So I think they can uh, I think they can win these two games. I think they will make it to Arlington if they do win these two games. But you got to win these two games, starting with Houston. Yeah, I really felt like, you know, the Cowboys had – had had grasped, you know, control of their own destiny with these three games left after Bedlam. And I I really thought that they were going to take advantage. And obviously, you know that this is not, I think Mike Gundy has said it before, this is not a, a great team that can just, you know, go out on a Saturday, not play well and expect to win games or expect to come back in games. So I think the reality of the situation is they can lose. We saw it on Saturday. And I do, I, I agree with you, Barry. I think UCF, better than the record would indicate, you know, coaches say that from time to time and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. I think in this instance, absolutely was true. UCF not, I mean, they, they squandered a huge opportunity against Baylor, should have won that game, lost a 25 point lead in, in the fourth quarter. Just crazy that they didn't have a better record going into Saturday against OSU, but clearly a capable team. Uh, and quickly before we get to Houston, cause I don't want to talk about the Cougars before we get out of here. You mentioned you mentioned the um, uh, award season. I still think Ollie Gordon is the leader right now, offensive player of the year. But it's an interesting debate after what we saw Saturday. Clearly, his whole body of work in the Big Twelve is good, but that was not a good performance. And people are going to remember twenty six yards against UCF. So I still think he's the leader in that regard. But I don't know. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, it, you know, if, if if he falls off, if this is what he does in the last two games, right. you know, meager rushing yards, he won't right. be. Right. But but he doesn't have to go for 200 yards a game. If he gets back over the 100-yard mark in, in Houston and back in Stillwater against Brigham Young, people will remember, hey, look what this guy did and what his production did to elevate this team. Uh, Cowboys were in, in the doldrums. Cowboys were having a despondent season. All of a sudden, they just mushroom into this entity that beat Kansas, Kansas State. Oklahoma, West Virginia. So um, if Ollie Gordon can just get back somewhere in the middle, he can do what he did in Bedlam, 133 yards or 137 yards on 33 mm-hmm. carries, whatever it is. Get in that range, he's he's golden. So um, I uh, and I think he will. I just think uh, I, I think uh, the mystery team in Orlando wasn't just Oklahoma State; it was Central Florida. They should have been playing better than they have been. It all came together for them that day. So um, I, I expect the Cowboys to to maybe not get back to, to the bedlam uh, high, 
uh, or, or the performance against the Kansas State. But I do think they will be competitive. I think they'll be ready. I think they will win these two games. Uh, but they'll need Ollie Gordon running pretty well to do it. Um, so um, it, it, I, I'm reasonably optimistic, shall we say. And there won't be a Bedlam hangover down in Houston, I can promise you that. Uh, last thing, let's talk about Houston. Are you surprised at the struggles of Dana Holgerson and his squad, Jacko? A little bit, but I did think that they were going to struggle. You know, I, I think that um, they've got a chance over time to build a really strong program in the Big 12. They're in the state of Texas, obviously. The recruiting base, Houston itself, um, you know, really being able to build around the momentum that, you know, we've seen obviously their men's basketball team with Kelvin Sampson just hit a great stride. And, you know, they're obviously competitive regardless of, of league. They step into the Big 12 as one of the best. So, you know, I think football, I don't know how quickly they can follow that uh, that pattern, but I like their chances to eventually get there because of all of those factors uh, that we've seen sort of around Cougar athletics in general. But, I, you know, right now it is a struggle, and I, I don't think those struggles end on Saturday. I think Oklahoma State goes down there. And after what we saw last week, I think Oklahoma State's going to win pretty handily on Saturday. Well, give me, give, us a, give me a prediction then. Give me a prediction. I'll go. Uh, I'll go forty-one twenty-one. How about that? Ooh, I'm not ready to go there. Houston's had some moments at home. They played Texas very tough at home. Um, I will go twenty-eight twenty. Uh, I'll go twenty-eight twenty. Cowboys. All right. Okay. Hey, well, that's all the time we've got this week. And remember, OSU plays at Houston 3 p.m. Saturday. Our sellout crowd team will be there. Plus, we'll have all sorts of cowboy content this week at selloutcrowd.com. You can find our content at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.